Hey guys, it's Nika Kang, the Braille Listening Illustrator, and you are listening to Studio Noise. Yes, yes, it's the noise. You know what the noise is, right? It's the sound of creation. When that brush hit the canvas, when that pencil hit that paper, that sound, that's expression. And right there, wherever you find that sound in the studio, you're going to find black folks in there making that noise, in there making all this good art that we love so much. And that's what we talk about right here. On the Studio Noise Podcast, it is me, your boy, Jay Barber. I'm a printmaker, grad student, professor of the arts. (laughs) I love it. Extreme art lover. So that's why I love giving you all these great contemporary art, black art conversations. And Studio Noise is supported by MBAF. MBAF has been supporting the arts for over 30 years, uh, giving out grants, having festivals, doing all the things that we need behind the scenes. We sure do appreciate and we appreciate them making this podcast possible so this year the mbaf is doing something new they having the art of giving benefit banquet is a virtual event uh, and in that event they'll be having their inaugural horizon awards honoring people making incredible art in film and visual arts and music and you know studio noise committed to highlighting and archiving the voices of the contemporary black art world and we're proud to bring you these conversations with the winners of the Horizon Awards and a few of the judges, you know, kick in just for good measure. <laughs> and so it's always good to hear from these people that's doing big things, the people that deserve this honor. You know, we like to hear from them uh, as they're making this stuff. So this is a special episode for you. And you can go back and check out all the episodes of Studio Noise. We've got 100 episodes so far. we got a huge archive of people. We talked to all the artists that you want to hear from, uh, all the big time names, you know, Deborah Roberts, Lisa Butler, Alpha Conte, Charlie Palmer, all the greats. We talk to them all, but we also bring you a couple of people that you may not know, right? That you need to know, you know, people that's here right here in Atlanta, like Eugene Byrd, like Melissa Alexander, like Natrice Miller, like all these, all these great names uh, out here making good art. And I think that's what we like and what we, what we want to support. So head on over to Studio Noise website at studionoisepodcast.com. Check us out on IG at Studio Noise Podcast. And by all means, check out all the great work we've been doing over the last two years. And it's all for you, all the black art lovers out there. This podcast, you can come and learn about all your favorite artists and much, much more. We talk about so much. We get into it. The motivations, the inspirations to keep you going. And that's the noise, baby. On this episode, we get to talk to the 2020 Horizon Award winner in visual arts, Miss Nika King. She's an illustrator, a muralist. Uh, a artist, uh, a good good sister, yo. Again, it was great getting to know her, talking to her, and guess what? You get to know her too, right here after the break. We're back with Miss Nika King on Studio Noise.
All right, it's your boy Jay Barber back with more studio noise. This noise, we got an extra special episode. This one is for the NBAF. They just had their Horizon Awards, and I'm sitting here now with the winner of the Horizon Award in Visual Arts, presented by Wells Fargo. Uh, congratulations to Miss Nika King, digital illustrate, digital illustrator, and muralist. How you doing? Doing great. How are y'all? That's <laughs> good, Joe. Good. You sound like you've been at work all day long. You you just just kicking it. Can't wait to get to this interview. Yes. <laughs> wind down and talk about art and things is great. Nah, that's Let's what's up. Down. That's what's up, yo. Yeah. So, um, this is my chance to get to know you a little bit. I think you've met my co-host J- Jiggy Jazz Jasmine Williams at the Sprite. Um, no, not the Sprite. The Nike. Um shop that you did she was one of the artists that and you were part of it too oh that's awesome yeah i probably did meet her yeah yeah so you know now i get a chance to get to know you i think i've seen your work around uh you do you've been doing a lot of work on the low like not even that low no more though so you've been working with at&t h&m nike uh you've been doing a lot out here yo tell me tell me how did you get started honestly through instagram i kind of well, I've been doing art for a long time, but work within the like digital illustration sphere and more media based work. Um, I want to say has happened and kind of blown up in the last two years. Um, all off of just kind of posting my work and not being afraid to just like post things I was doing as I was learning how to use um, this new kind of medium. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah a lot, of, a lot of credit to Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's where a lot of people is out doing their thing because it's such a, a visual like of all the platforms i think instagram is the visual platform of it all like so you know it's not not so much the words like um, on facebook or twitter is all about the words but uh you know you get just get to see the work and peruse get a feel for like everything people got going on yeah mm-hmm. and so you it says on your website, you went to Georgia State. I'm at Georgia State right now. Now you got your BFA in studio arts in textiles. Like, so how did you end up switching to digital? Yeah, it's so funny. Um, I originally wanted to go to school for fashion out of high out of high school. I was going to do fashion. Um, that's what I was thinking about doing, and I applied to some schools in New York, but the school was like way out of my price point. So I was like, okay. I'll stay home, figure out what I can do. Um, and I noticed that Georgia State had, like within the art program, had uh, textiles. I was like, this is close to the fashion, so I'm going to go peek and see what it's about. And it's really funny because it was less about the fashion side and more about the art side, which I'm honestly glad it was um, because I was able to learn a lot about, about the history behind textiles. And I learned that a lot but I lose that about um, history of black artists and history of women artists and um, just how those all kind of intertwine within the textile medium and craft medium. Um, and then I want to say I took, like, I was able to take a bunch of different courses, like, within that. Like, I took a printmaking class. I found out I love that. And then we took a digital textile class. And I was like, I can work with this. And so I think it was just, like, being exposed to all these different things it's really funny you get exposed to a lot when you're in college and you never know like what parts you're going to use and what bits are really going to stick right yeah but um yeah and i i think this bit's about like 
drawing and like digital and like repeating and being able to put something out there in that way really stuck to me and kind of got me where I am now I would say and also the histories and everything I learned um about black artists and women artists and like all those theories and like like the politicalness of it too um really like it's I want to say I hope so it's present in the work that I do Oh yeah, it's definitely present. That was that was one of my questions moving into is is um when I'm I'm gonna read one of the things this post that you got on your website. It says, Know that my stance is for the humane treatment of all black beings and for the active pursuit to dismantle any system or institutions which seek to deny us. Like what what made you post that as like the first opening salvo on your website? What what made you wanna have that statement as when they check on you, it's like, yo, this is what she's about. Yeah, I, I guess I just want to be clear from the jump. And I don't want to put it as like a current this is now thing because, yes, there is a push within the whole sphere, like I guess the political arena of the world, you'd say, um, with Black Lives Matter. And that definitely influenced it. I since it was already being both of like this has always been where I'm at just like because this is where I, I hope I will be in any tone of skin I'm in but like I live this reality like every day and like I don't really have to say it but I'm gonna say it so it's like if someone comes to work with me mainly like com- corporations or um companies that are just like you know not black owned or just just letting people know where I am when you come to me and just there being a clear defined because unfortunately like just being black sometimes you gotta say you, oftentimes you gotta say it you gotta put your foot down so this is, I guess was my way of putting my foot down and letting people know because I don't really I'm not really a writer like I don't want to say I'm not a writer because I do enjoy writing but my language is very visual and this is my me telling somebody where I stand in my own language, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Like I and I, I, per, I personally love it. <laughs> I love anybody that's just you know I'm blackity black, you know, all day, every day. Like you yeah. know, what you gonna do about it? Like that type of thing. Like because it is is especially nowadays. Like you gotta make your stance your stance your stance clear, and you gotta like advocate for yourself as well. Like, cause you know, you go into these spaces, you can't really think that they, they don't see that you're a black woman and don't try to treat you like you're a black woman. Like, you know, we know that in, in the jump. So just so we all know where everything is at, I'm not going to take your BS and we can be all be good. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can either be good with it or get gone. Basically. Yeah. Basically. I mean, I love it. Yeah. Exactly. I love it. I'm about exactly. to change my website. I'm about to write me some up. <laughs> 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 it's like it's the mission statement of my company <laughs> <laughs> no nah, i love it joe i love it so do you do you do you think that your work has that kind of of slant to it right because even in being black accepting your blackness and leading with your blackness is a political statement whether or not you make political work quote-unquote political work or not like you are yeah. making a statement as a black person affirming yourself 
most definitely. There is, um, what is that? There is a, a phrase. I don't quite know who coined it, but it's, um, I'm not sure if it was within the feminist, probably within the feminist arena, but it was, um, the personal is political. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah and that phrase just spans so much. It's just like, yeah, like, because I exist in this body with the skin, it was, everything I do is politicized. So, yep, it is. As soon as you're not, as soon as you're not the, the one on top, like, this, heterosexual white male it immediately everything you do is like like political and quote unquote like can be viewed as wrong so it's it's that and I guess um does my work have that slant I would say it does in the slightest of ways because it's like this thing of like you come to it and it looks it looks non-threatening, but in a way it is. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want it to be slightly threatening, slightly, like, this slight moment of, like, there may be a threat present. But, and I like that. Um, but it's also, like, really, when you look at it at the beginning, it's, like, really, like, pretty and, like, or, like, just, like, eye-casting. Mm. And I like to play around that. Um because it's not that I want to shock you as so much as I, I want to like do something like, yeah, like have an element of a of a threat or posing a threat, and I kind of do that. And I keep saying this, um, I kind of do that through um, with the male gaze, mm-hmm. right, or mm-hmm. like the gaze and art. So the bird subverting the gaze just by simply having the figure stare back at the viewer so it's not like this passive interaction it's like you have to look at this figure and this figure is also looking at you right and at some point it's like a it's like a stance for power and at the end of the day the figure is gonna win because it's still it can't move <laughs> yeah. so you can't out stare it down <laughs> it's gonna always watch you and i think i i enjoy that <laughs> this watchful eye and it's almost like this thing um with uh what's what's black people is and like me personally just like me personally is just like it's almost this thing like these microaggressions where i'm just like you know what no i'm just like i'm gonna stick in my spot and i'm not something that exists on the peripheral of your life i am like here present and there's a little bit of a threat (laughs) (laughs) i'm very small like probably a non-threatening looking person but there is there's a little bit of threat like oh it seems cute from afar but there is a little bit of a threat right yeah yeah yeah. it's just you let them know that you see them like i see you you know what i mean like you looking at me well i see you too like you know like it's that type of thing i feel you yeah i love it i love it so tell me um how you ended up with the black figures Honestly, um, looking at it, it's a mixture. I'm going to sure say, like, Kara Walker, like, she, like, is the queen of black figures. Yeah. Um, now she's taking it to a different, like, I, and I think there's one thing, like, in looking and doing art is, like, I like to accept there are going to be things I'm just, like, influenced by, but also you can pick up, like, picking up on certain aspects and, but, like, figuring out what it means to me. So, for me, I like playing with the black figures because 
what I'm really trying to get the viewer to know, I like to take away information so I can get someone to notice certain things. Um, and for me, it's, I really want to focus on body language mm-hmm. and how you can convey, you basically convey a message to the body language, really. That's sometimes all you need. Um, so yeah, so for me, the black figures really came out of, I really wanted to convey and tell stories strictly through body language without all the embellishments of like different, like the tones of the skin and the, all the other additional colors. I just wanted to like suck it back to black. And it's funny that they pull out when really it's a, like a sucking in of everything since black is by definition the absorption of every color across the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So I also like that. So it's like, it may seem like it's empty, but actually the figure is full to the capacity. Yeah. And I think, and a lot of your figures you do like the designs uh, inside of the figures that give that illusion of more space. Like you put the little stars and stuff inside of it too. And so yeah. it becomes more of, of like we were saying, like a void. It, uh, it's hard. This is, this is real geeky. <laughs> it's a real no, geeky I, reference, but you, you ever, you ever read, I don't know if you read comic books, but in the comic books, there yeah. was this one collect, this one character that had like the universe inside his body. Like, do you know what I'm saying? I oh, do. Man. I do. Yeah. What, what, what was the name? I'm remembering. As soon as, as soon as I don't think about it, <laughs> I'm gonna remember I'm the name. Uh, I think his name was Eternity. I think that was his name. Was it? What? In a, in was a Marvel, it? in Marvel comics. Marvel? I believe Marvel would do something like that. Yeah. It's like it's, it's, the characters are like very like after what was that? I discovered Legion. Oh yeah, yeah. That there you go. Character. Yeah. And I was like, what? Like Marvel, okay, like next level. <laughs> but now I'm gonna have to look into this other character that you speak of. Yeah, but yeah, but that's what it made me think of. It's like you know everything is kind of inside of the bodies that you were presenting, and so all the different body languages. How are you how are you finding like your figures, your references for figures? Um, through the mainly through the internet. Um, I'm trying to get more. It's it's funny because I'm at this point where I'm like. I look through photos on the internet. Sometimes I'll pull, I've gotten better at pulling from certain sections. So for one of them, for, exa- for example, I had went through and I started exploring uh, photographs of uh, Olympic divers. Mm, yeah. So it got me like, it's, it's as I've grown and done this more, it's gotten me to this point where I, I start to kind of figure out what I want to look at and like, I think I've picked the Olympic diver because I wanted something to seem like it was going through space, but not going through space in a way that was uh, like a leaf being blown around. I want it to be more forceful. Like the figure had like direction and the ability to like really put its body through an open air situation, Mm -hmm. but like with direction and power. And so it ended up being that like, I was looking at these divers and just like, it kind of, it communicated that for me. So I ended up working out, but definitely, (laughs) but I'm also definitely like wanting to be more and explore more different body types Mm, as well. And play around with maybe also having friends or people I know, um, pose for it or capture them in some way for it, like a record of like that person. Right. Um, Yes, these are things I'm thinking about. But yeah, that's 
where I'm at with the how I'm kind of picking the body language. No, nah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So they they kind of are existing in the space without, like you said, all the other stuff because you usually like these huge fields of just color and your figures kind of appearing or dancing or moving around. I think you had you had a few of them that had like babies in it. Oh yeah, yeah. That was the that was the cherub series. I just end up. It's funny. I just ended up. Uh, I think that series like maybe set set it off for my black figures. But um, I was just looking at cherubs, like the little angels of love. I think that's what they are. Um, <laughs> the little babies. I was like, I'm gonna draw this and just see what happens. Um, and I end up doing a Zodiac series based off of it and playing around with, like, how I can display this, like, black Zodiac figure type of situation. Um, yeah, that's what the little babies were about. But, yeah, sometimes they're dancing. Um, sometimes once commented, um, the name escapes me right now, but they're also, like, a prominent artist down here in Atlanta. Um, but they mentioned that the figure reminded them of it's this i want to say french african film it was an animation film like back in the 70s and i want to google it so bad <laughs> <laughs> and like i watched it and like basically the the figure was more so it looked like the witch depicted in that movie but she was like her presence and like how she was and her character it was funny because like i felt like my figures could relate to like how like how she was like she was this like mystical being this like giant like african goddess um who like there was like a baby who came to her in like curiosity and like somehow she like was able to teach him it was like and not be mean it was a lot it, it was um <laughs> it was just really mystical it was just like that that black mystical like realm of just like fantasy and imagination um is kind of what i think my figures can um where that interest is cool so so you see yourself doing like more of that kind of stuff like or, or not more of it but amping up amping it up and being more specific about like what you're trying to say with it or or do you like the kind of amorphous kind of these figures are existing in their own time, in their own place kind of thing? I would say, I would say my answer for that is I, I tend to do something and sit back and kind of observe it and then go in and move from there. So it's hard for me to really say what will happen. Mm-hmm. Like I know where I am, what point I'm standing in now, and I know I want to explore either having the figures be people I know um, or as just like actual people in general or just like playing around more different body types. But to be honest, there's like probably a hundred different avenues that are going on in my brain. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's like, it's like I'll step back, I'll see something and then I'll go after that like, flashing white that i see type of situation oh man you just like every other artist in the world yeah, there. Like, yeah yeah we do that like, we, we jump around because like, it's, uh, it's always a new idea out there right there's so many so many ways to flip something 
For sure. So let me ask you this. What did your textile work look like? My textile work was, that was also like, I think, for example, I did one piece that was um, crochet. And I was just crocheting jute. And I made this like really large, almost like a hide looking thing. And I spray painted it black on one side. And the other side was um, like that lightish brown that jute is. And I named it like my grandfather's hand. And like, where I was going with it was just like, I, I just noticed like, I noticed like my grandfather, um, maybe a couple of dark, like he's more dark skinned. And so his hand, like it's dark on one side and then like on the other side. And I thought started thinking more about my grandfather and how like he's a very gentle man. And he's like super gentle. He's like quiet. He's gardens. And then I think about that in contrast to like what black men are, described as like by society and how much of a parallel like how much of a contrast that was Mm -hmm. and it was just like all these layers of thought thoughts of contrast of the hand thoughts of contrast in the way my grandfather might be perceived by a complete stranger and just thoughts just like that still thinking about political aspects and blackness even within the context of learning textiles so that's where I would say like that's the carrying point I've always been thinking about how can I tell this experience as I move throughout all my mediums yeah I mean that makes sense because yeah because you always take that blackness with you like even no matter what you get into you know so if you you know worked at Starbucks you'd be a black barista you know what I mean like it's it's this it's never something that you just shake off or, or don't represent like in whatever way yeah. you do, because it's no one way to represent blackness. But uh, hey, you, I'm you, so go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm so glad you said that. Um, because like that whole thing about like, and then like, yeah, my blackness is different than your blackness is different than another person's blackness. I think that's one thing that's also really big. It has to be like constantly dived into and like told all these multiple different stories. I think it's very important for us all to be telling our own ex- like different experiences. Yeah. Because just the combat again, the media like that whole media notion that like we're all the same and we're living this monolithic life. Like it's not the case. Yeah, that's for sure. So um tell me a little bit about the kind of the ornamentation that you use. I I'm referring to it as ornamentation, but like all the different shapes and waves and stars and kind of rays of light, like all this, all this little stuff. Um, like what was the purpose behind this kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, honestly, it comes out of playing around like a lot of, I love the shape aspect of my work because it allows me to play and just like sit and do something and not really know what I'm going to get, but then end up getting something I really like. But I end up, at the end of the day, kind of, I'm drawn to, like, symbol language from, like, African culture. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm not supposed to say symbols. The other word escapes me, but. The, like a dink for symbols? Like a dink for symbols? Like, 
So yeah, another name where it's like like a character, yeah. more so. Yeah. At that point, like language, but um, yeah, I like pulling from those characters in a way. I'm I'm trying. I'm low key trying to like make my own language in these shapes, um, like a visual language. But it's like this mix of like modernizing. I don't. I don't want to say modernizing, but more so like I'm influenced by. African symbols. I'm kind of like taking them and making them my own. I'm basically stealing it and making my own. (laughs) No, that makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with the shapes. Um, Like the rays, they don't, I I don't want to attach clear meaning to them just because I'll put them out there and like it'll fit within the composition, but I'm always interested to see it's a bat and let someone tell me what they think is going on with them. Mm-hmm. They're more, yeah, they're more of an open-ended type of situation. Ah, that's, that's fine. And I think it's, it's okay to take that approach with it too, because you start to develop your own library of symbols. And so as <laughs> you continue to use them, they kind of become self-referencing like they, like they've seen it before in another piece. Shepard Fairley does this a lot with like a lot of his prints, like the Obey uh, Giant and all the other little symbols he puts. He does that work where it's just layers and layers and layers of his old work inside of his new work. And so it it all becomes like self-references. So I think that's where I hear that you're going like and I see see how that is when you're going. So I take a, a look at it at the piece, the peaceful, the peaceful peach, the mural that you put up. And it makes me think of that like immediately, all the rays and all the different shapes, and then your figure like sitting right there in the middle. How did that project come about? Yeah, that was uh, actually shout out to Living Walls. Um, they're like pretty awesome. They reached out to me like a lot. That was a couple. That was last year. They actually reached out to me 2018. I want to say um, in the fall, and I think just the timing didn't line up. And then I reached back out to them. I was like, okay, guys, I think I have the time. And so it just ended up coming together. And um, it was honestly, that was my second mural. And it was a whole black door garage. And it was insane. But um, they were such a great team. And it was. I'm so happy I had that introduction to that large, that large scale of a work with that team. Because there's so much that goes into it. Um, but they basically saw my work on Instagram and um, <laughs> oh, <me so. laughs> and I was like, thank you, Instagram. But uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, they reached out and um, it was it's so funny too when somebody contacts me, they email me through that, and I was just like, is this even real? I'm like, what is this? So I'm like, Google. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm very happy I was able to do that project with that team. Um, and that was like my first big big kind of mural um and the banner is pretty cool so like we painted it and then the banner portion of the the more image portion of the whole project mm-hmm. they ended up printing it on these banners and it was amazing to see it and it's huge it's like i was looking at it, i got like i was like getting real close i was like how did they even do this but it's like a couple of panels of really long fabric stitched together um and just to see it at that scale, I was like, I was hooked. I was like, okay, I now want to do this. 
as much as possible. How do I continue? <laughs> yeah, you fell in love with it that fast. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why is this insane? Um, but yeah. Nah, that's that dope. So that's dope. And so, um, and I would think like the way that you do your digital work, it would be, it would be an easy translation to a mural because if you're just projecting it up and you just have these like huge shapes and like large areas of flat color, uh, I think it'd be like really nice to see. Obviously, it is like <laughs> we can see it, but yeah, I, I think that's a a very easy transition for you. What was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Um, and it's, it's meditative, too, in this way. Um, I just like sitting there. I like sitting in the field of color and just, like, painting a color and just staring at it. It's very meditative. But, um, yeah, as soon as I did, I was like, oh, this is this would be easy. Because um, when we did, we didn't have to, did we project? No, we didn't project for, I'm trying to think of who projected for that one. I don't think we did. I think we measured it out. But I, um, in the other ones that I started to do afterwards, um, yeah, projecting it's very easy to get those shapes on there. And after that, it's just like sitting down and painting and relaxing. Nah, that's awesome, yo. So was the was the AT and T mural your second mural? The AT and T mural was actually. Let me see. She kind of a shame of her comment. I want to say it was either my third or my fourth. Okay, so what was yeah. the next one? How did you how did you end up getting the one after the Peaceful Peach? Probably the Peaceful Peach. I think, um, yeah, it's just like once I started working, the first one I did was for actually for my office, Space Hotel, and then Living Wall because of scheduling, and then I did one for our space, uh, the Our Space Project with ABC Gallery. And then I did, um, oh, I forgot, Refinery 29, but that wasn't a mural. That was something else. That was more of a, a digital design, and they got it onto a structure. Mm, okay. And then the following year was Mercedes-Benz. And it honestly, Mercedes-Benz, again, I worked with Living Walls on that, but um, it's just after doing the work, the people at AT&T, um, they saw it like in a deck of people and they were like, yeah, that, that will work. So it's like, once you start, once you start, it's, that's it. Like, you just like go momentum after that. I mean, so, yeah, yeah, that's what's up. You got to do the work, yo. You got to do the work. Yeah. That's crazy, and yo. I enjoy the work, so it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> And you're listening to Studio Noise. That's awesome, yo. So which one has been your favorite to do so far? I mean, because I'm sure you just riding around town, just, uh, you know, I'm going to take a left on Peachtree just to ride by this mural, you know, and stare at it while you're driving. Oh, yes. Um, I would say they each have their own little thing. Um, hmm, my favorite one. It's okay. You don't have a favorite one. It's it's, it's a you know. <laughs> it's like your like it's like 
which one which one was my favorite child um, <laughs> i would say i would say the most impactful one was that was the uh on feral media um if i haven't mentioned them they were the ones who i did it the um orange Rail media living walk collab with that garage um just because of the scale mm. but i also i really enjoyed uh at&t as well because even though it was nice to be in that in the um the mercedes-benz stadium because it's literally like a spaceship and it was kind of nice to come in and like the workers who work there like I, like i'm coming in to like do the mural so it was fun to see like see them every day and kind of just like it was almost like I got used to seeing them and like talking to them, like they knew who I was when I would come in. So it was kind of, it was kind of fun to almost like hold a temporary job within the stadium. <laughs> um, it was really cute. Um, yeah, and that was like a really cool gig. And then there's stuff like doing like the things I did for Nike and H and M and Refining Twenty Nine, which is more event based and like. I kind of just drew a design and they incorporated it into like an event. Um, I have to say H&M was also pr- pretty special because I was able to do a basketball court for do the right thing mm. for Ruth Carter. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Like who, like who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, yeah. You get, you get I'm access to like a lot of special projects that way. Just about being open yeah. and, and having you, like you said, having your artwork out there, like doing the work, letting people see it. Like people start envisioning you in different spaces that you didn't even see yourself in. Right. You got you to speak it to the universe. <laughs> nah, that's real talk, yo. But So tell me about the, the 29 Rooms one. Was that the installation, like the double-sided uh, installation? Yeah. So 29 Rooms, um, shout out to Refine 29 there. They're, they're so sweet. Um, yeah, so 29 Rooms was a touring event. It went to D.C., Chicago, New York, Atlanta, Dallas, Toronto, I think L.A. Not sure. But um, it was pretty cool because it was a part of the art park, and they had a couple of artists, like a handful of us, to do um basically like designs for these interactive like almost playground like structures mm-hmm. um and the structure i did was called expansion and the way it was set up it's like you have this walkway and you have like the panels and the panels were double-sided and it's like almost like it's like an expansion like a bridge or um that you walk through and in, in, in my heady art, artist language, I was like, okay, expansion. I was like, okay, so I've, when, we, when we, I guess coming back to that character you spoke of and um, about having the universe inside of them. Yeah. And again, going to like, there's more inside of you. So expansion was all about like how we are all a part of the expanded universe. And basically, basically we're all connected. So, like, and through walking through this walkway, it's like you're walking through a galaxy, but at the same time, remember, like, you're a part of this. Like, you're not, this thing doesn't exist outside of you. Like, we're all kind of a part of something type of thing. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, it was it was really fun to do that. It was really fun to, like, just get out and see people interact with it and see it and see, like, art in this setting. Um, yeah, it was really fun. 
Yeah, yeah. Because even as a just as an installation piece itself, like the structure of it is very interesting. And so I like how they kind of wrapped your art on the on both sides and these two separate illustrations. Like, tell me about the the one side illustration, the purple one. Uh, with the fish? Yeah. It's like a big fish. Yeah. Uh, I just, I always wanted, I wanted this, like, strong, like, stare down. Again, me with stare down. This strong, like, entrance point. Like, she, her stare was, like, the entrance point to tell you to come over. She's like, hey, you, I see you. Let's talk. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> what she was. Um, yeah. And probably, like, I just have this thing of, it, I guess you could spin it and also be like this divine feminine figure kind of just being like, hey, welcome to the universe. Yeah. <laughs> There's also like that. Nah, that's aspect. dope. Yeah, that's dope. I get it. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I see it. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, that, was, that was definitely one of my uh, one of my favorites, just the way it was put together. Um, the way you conceived it, the way it was broken up. Did did you plan on having it broken up like that, or did you do one full image and just lay it out? Um, they actually they they came to me with the structure. So they told me what the structure was going to be, and okay. then from there, they right. just around. But yeah, I it was cool having it broken up because like from afar, it makes this weird like visual illusion. Yeah, yeah, it's, and that was that was really dope, yo. And that's one that I would definitely put on my website <laughs> if I had to do yeah, it. it was, yeah, that was dope. And so I see you playing around with animations too, which is which for you in terms of uh, the kind of simplicity of the shapes that you're using, the animation works perfectly with it. So tell me about your kind of experimentation with that. Yeah, um, just playing around with making these figures more lively and it's like I really want them to come to life. Mm-hmm. So I play around with like simple modest means of animation because my skills and animation are a bit humble but I'm playing around and but I think with humbleness comes like a unique approach when you kind of don't know what to do how to do something you kind of discover like new ways of expressing yourself right like, yeah rather than it's like going by the book but um yeah, I'm playing around with it. I, I definitely want to dive more into it. I really want to make those figures move and come to life. Most definitely. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I think it, it would definitely be um, so easy for you to do it, too. And I, and I think you get just an incredible, you know, bang for your buck, make two pieces and do one one amount of work, if that, make, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, you know, yeah. you kind of get to kind of make these endless amounts of variations just by moving like the same shapes and you're developing a library, like we said, right? And so just pulling out that library of shapes into it and allowing it to move and just the subtle ways that you're doing it already, I think are super interesting. So you could definitely see this as some kind of animation if you ever like sit down and really want to get into it. Um, And to make something like super, super cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely explore and see mm-hmm. so what are, what other kind of shows have you been in I like in the past I've done I've done more like fine art based art shows here and there like coming out of college and then in college um, was doing that and I found that I really 
I really gravitate more so to things that are more, most of like a community or public I would say. So right. on the scale of like a white wall gallery, gallerist situation, that's okay. But I would prefer like, I did a show or with a friend who was at, I think it's, I'm going to get the number wrong, but there's this mansion in Atlanta and for a good minute there, there were artists staying in it and they would throw events as their way to like pay for the rent, which is really cool. And, um, they would hold art shows sometimes and I did a show in collaboration with my friend, um, Caleb, Caleb Jamil, y'all should check him out. He's a great artist. Um, but he, uh, had a show. And it was different because one was in house. So it's like kind of like this house party type of situation. But the community it pulled in, it pulled in like artists, musicians, like this underground level community of like creatives. Um, just coming into the space and creatives on so many different levels, like music, artists, poets, right, yeah. writers. Yeah. yeah. You know, like all in one space and it, it, I, I just really enjoyed that energy and then also when I was painting and doing murals I like like I'm like on one of the construction things and I just people passing by and it's really funny um and it's really sweet to like see like kids and parents and they're just like what is she doing <laughs> like what is she doing up there like painting like, the interaction with the public I think is great and also, it's like a thing because, like, I'm gonna be honest. Like, me as a little black girl too. If I saw like a black woman up on some five-story building painting, I would just be like, "Oh, so I could do that too? Great!" But logging that for the future. But and I, and I like that because I think the thing sometimes with gallery shows or museums is there is all there's this air of there is this air of like elitism. And like this air of like pretentiousness sometimes that can like happen. Yeah, yeah. And that, I, yeah, and like it can, it's like overall can be intimidating for someone who isn't normally in that space. Um, and I, I like bringing it to people who may be more intimidated by that. Um, like bringing that work out into them as well. So. Nah, that's real. Yeah. That, yeah, that's 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 super real, yo. Because um, uh, you know, a lot of artists have that feeling, uh, when they're dealing with major institutions, or it, it always feels like it, there's a a barrier to entry where they don't necessarily want you, you in particular, there if you didn't go through the system. You know what I'm saying? You got to know this person and and have this degree and have went to this and done this residency and and all that kind of stuff. So, I, I definitely advocate for that and also advocate. One thing that you talked about that I think is an emphasis uh, here in Atlanta is the only place I've I've lived and had this kind of art community. But the art community that's here is so layered and it's so deep and we're all like kind of connected and supportive in a way that I haven't seen other people do it as much. And so it's something it's something definitely something to be said about that to have these your peers around you that are there to support you and help you and offer you advice and just come to your shows because <laughs> every show that I have in Atlanta kind of feels like a family reunion. 
because we're all there and you know, i recognize people and it's like yo i haven't seen you since the last show like blah 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 you know all that kind of stuff you just end up kicking it all night long hanging out with your folks yeah that is so funny that you say family reunion because like I, that's exactly what it is um and i, and I just like i got a little sad because like in this pandemic like post-pandemic um just like i like having this moment to like like even even once i graduated um from georgia state um ernest u welch uh i was like a little sad because i was like you know how will i like will you see these people again and like i saw them all the time <laughs> when there was like uh, art show, like, oh we just in here deeper we just out here um and getting to know so many people and then like constantly seeing like this trickle effect but yeah atlanta it's really funny because i remember i was gonna go to new york but i'm happy that i stayed actually stayed end up staying in atlanta um because i think the art scene here the creative scene here is just um very alive and accessible which i think is yeah yeah it's super accessible like if you want to do something you can make it happen yeah like you really it's just the thing of like talking to people and just like getting together um and yeah, it is like it's like it's like a family reunion. Like it it is very layered, like you say. It's I like one thing I like about it is um there's all these different pockets, but it doesn't feel quickish. Right. It's it's and right. then like I'm trying. I'm so okay. The old heads. I love. I love. <laughs> I love. I love interacting with them. I'm just like this is great. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love it. It's just like I'm thinking about all the different like pockets in, in my in my brain, and I'm just like, yeah, I think I know some people in a couple of different pockets across like the creative field down here. But, yeah. uh, that's dope, yo. Who do you consider an old head? I'm pretty sure I know. <laughs> I know who. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just let, well, let's see who can I call out in here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't call out. We um, we giving them props, yo, for for their their uh, longevity. Yeah. That do. <laughs> like, he calls me old. I'm like, look. <laughs> um, I would say just okay, I would just say more experience. I've been in the field longer than me, <laughs> but um off the top of my head like um i know uh, just people i i admire and I, I some people i haven't met yet some i have um met sean Faye. he's really he's really funny um i've met i haven't met Frico. i love Frico's art yeah um yeah like i really respect what he does and also like bianca they're really cool um yeah. there's also there's so many Nah, that's dope. And then yeah, and then there's like not even old head, but like I met the painter babe. She did um she did the mural in the Mercedes Benz before I did it. And it was cool to connect with her. Cause I think she and a couple other people had also did there's a there's a mural Fatima. Fatima. I was like, I knew it was gonna come to me. <laughs> I read, I know everybody about their Instagram handles. This is a shame. Oh um, no, no, I'm the exact same way, yo. I'm glad I knew your name before your Instagram handle too. Cause I, I definitely right. would call you like whatever, yo. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was amazing meeting her. Um, just like 
it's good to have this bank of people that came before you and being able to talk to them. Cause I feel like in another place where it's more like less acceptable, you can't access that wealth of knowledge. Yeah. yeah. There's like wealth of knowledge that is getting passed down. And I think that's why Atlanta's why it's so rich because like the knowledge is being shared and circulated. So it keeps it fresh and alive. Yeah. That's super yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing I, I'd love. Cause um. Uh, I'm going to show my age, but when I came down to Atlanta, I came at the same time Fabian Williams. Uh, I think we moved around Atlanta around, the, around the same time. We actually went to went to college with Fabian, and so, huh. so yeah, so him and W who W who does the art piece and lyrics now, uh, yeah. So you know that's that's the when I think of old heads, I think of people like Charlie Palmer and you know Kevin Williams and like the, you know like the people that were here when the black art festival was real big back in the nineties and they were selling prints like crazy, like those type of people. You have a, you have a, not, you have a connect with them. I'm writing these names down. No, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't met. It's funny. It's just like, I feel like, you know, I've probably seen them. Cause again, like everybody shows up to every event. Oh yeah. I've probably seen them asking, but it's a thing of just like over time. I, I feel like I'm, and I'm not one to be like, I'm not one to really be like, I kind of don't want to know and I want to discover it. Right. Like I'm off that way. Like I like going somewhere and like going to events and like just chatting with somebody about something and then like do that discovering like what they're like, what they've done. But I definitely want to like, I should sit down and like look into the ODs of Atlanta. And when you said the black, um, Arts Festival. That was, like, another thing. I came across it, like, within research. I was like, dang, that was dope. I wonder if it... <laughs> and it still goes... It still... Correct me if I'm wrong. It still goes on. Uh, they they have... They stopped the actual outdoor festival. So this this was the thing. They For, I don't know how many years, maybe 20 years, they were doing this okay. huge outdoor vending festival. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was huge. They had artists that had booths like all over. So for like a week, uh, they would just have like all of this black artists from all over the country just come and have these booths. It was this huge outside event. It was it was monstrous. They stopped doing it because I I didn't I don't I think they I'm not sure exactly why they stopped doing it, but it, you know, however the stuff ends up fading away, like it had its moment and then it's kind of moved on. Mm-hmm. So I think that that was kind of like the golden age when you had like really 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 big time painters uh showing up and having booths and selling prints and original artwork like right there in front of people for like a whole week uh and that was that was from what they described i went to one like near the end right when they stopped doing it and it, and it was really amazing i don't think it's been anything like that in atlanta since um, it, it was it was it was something yeah i want to see that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, like, uh, imagine like an art show on like a hundred. Like it, it was, it was really out there, I and mean, it was fantastic work too. It was no, really no slouches because you couldn't get in if you weren't, if you were like you know half-assing it or something like that. Like so, they were all these really amazing, amazing artists that would come through. Uh, look it up. I'm sure you can find some videos or something. But yeah, M- yeah. NBA have been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Thing. I, I know. Oh, my brain is like, okay. No, <laughs> no. Um, 
Yeah, you know what? Um, I, there was one artist that I've been and I've been I've been thinking about uh, since I've seen your work, and I think it, the name just popped into my mind. You might, you, I don't know if you want to write this down or not, but his name is Awusu Ankama. He's an African artist, and he uses symbols and he uses silhouetted figures too. Not the same way you use them; it's, it's very different. But I'm trying to find. My- Mm-hmm. But look, look his work up. I think it, that's a good reference for you. You can tell I'm a teacher because I like throwing, I like, to give, I like giving people references for stuff. I love, no, I love it. Okay, uh, side note. I also like have like a side thing of teaching um, kids. So like, our brain has always been within education. Like, and like I love researching stuff like that. So yes, I feel you. Like, give me all of. I <laughs> keep Uh is. O W U S U. Um then oh com and comma A N K O M A H. He's an uh, African artist. And so I think he yeah, you would like his work. I think you would. Because he, he has these really he's he's a bodybuilder, so he uses himself as the model in a lot of his figures, but they're these silhouetted uh, figures. But it's layered with all these different Adinkra symbols, and he makes up his own symbols to go along with it too. Uh, so it's it's really interesting. I think you might like it. I'm checking that. I also I like the fact that he was just a whole body a whole bodybuilder and artist. <laughs> I know, right? That's a that's so random. <laughs> but, but yeah, so when you see like these big muscular men, like that's him, yo. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's something else, yo. I mean, but he would be, well, I don't know if he would, do, if he would do it, but he'd be perfect for Instagram because, you know, Instagram, just put on an apron and stand by your pictures with your muscles out. You know what I'm saying? Get your, get your <laughs> followers up. Basically. <laughs> I love Instagram. Yeah, yo. Yeah. So, so tell me as we wind down, we get into the end right here. Tell me what you see yourself doing next. Like what's the next level for you? Um, Really, I honestly really want to like go back into my practice. I've been enjoying using the computer, and it's funny because like doing this work, people see this work, and then like I also draw. And my friend, she'd be the first one to be like, "Yeah, I see you doing the little stuff, but like when I'm gonna get one of these sketches that you be doing in the journal? Because that's what I really want." And um, you know, I have. My drawing capabilities extend way beyond what I do. <laughs> it's funny, I just don't show that to nobody. Um, I don't show that on Instagram just because, like, Instagram is like, like it's a computer, it's digital, right? Yeah. So, like, I use the medium. I'm speaking in the language of Instagram. That's why I think it's like it moves as successfully. Not to say that like traditional work that people are posting isn't moving successfully, but um. My personal, I guess my personal practice, I'm, it's personal. I'm more attached to it in this emotional way. And I kind of just, I honestly kind of do it just for me. And it's really funny. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day about an artist who, she doesn't sell her work. And her whole, her whole, um, I would say what her name, her whole reasoning was, she's another black uh, woman artist, and her reasoning was, um, it's kind of linked to slavery and this idea of ownership hmm. and this need to own. 
Um, so for her, it's like she's making these things and these artifacts and documents for her personally and for her family members personally. So it's something that a wealth of art that's going to stay within the family. Like she'll show, but she won't sell it. Hmm. That's interesting. And I, yeah, and I was like, I kind of like, I was like, dang, is that what it is with me? Because like I'll do, like the work I do, like graphically and on a computer, I am more willing to sell and it's easier to like go up. But like things that I sit down and physically do, like drawing, painting, that I knew I like, I lived with that for a good amount of time. It feels more so like mine. So it's harder for me to take a, like to give out. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to get back to that just for my own. For my own mental health a little bit too, because um, for me, like creating is very, and I think it's for every artist, like creating is very linked to me to like the core, like my DNA. And, I, and if I don't, I know it's like whenever I'm in an emotional phone, it's because I haven't done anything for me personally that was creative. Right, yeah, you know? yeah. Get out of balance. Right? Yeah, it's like a balance you gotta keep. And like it could be, Honestly, it could be something as simple as a weird scribble and charcoal, and maybe I threw some paint on it afterwards. And I'm like, okay, I'm happy again. This is looking <laughs> weird. I like it. But, uh, <laughs> but yes. Yeah. So I definitely want to take some time for myself, maybe at some point, maybe next year in the future, and kind of work on small body of work for, my, for myself. And I might show it, I might sell it, but I just want to do something for myself. Oh no, nah, that's that's awesome, yo. That's the that's the kind of mind state you gotta have to like to get out here and and, and really make moves because ultimately that uniqueness of whatever you're developing on your own to yourself for yourself is gonna be what people know you for because that's the most purest form of expression that you have to give. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's another name for you, Jack Whitten. Jack Whitten did the same thing. He was a huge Jack Whitten's phenomenal mixed media painter, but he for 30 years made sculptures and never showed them until like he showed, ended up showing them at the Met. Um, I think in 2015. Uh, but he only, he only did them for himself and he kept them for himself. And that was the, like the first time they ever showed him. He's a phenomenal painter too. So I love that. Yeah, so look, so look him up and you can see. And he was in the the cold part about it was the sculptures were phenomenal. <laughs> like the sculptures were just as good oh, yeah. as his paintings were. Like they they were amazing. And so oh, I believe it. Yeah, so you know Jack Whitten, you know that's another name for you. Yes, I believe he probably it's 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 just with something for that long thirty years or something like that. Like yeah, he probably poured everything into that. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. But I guess in relation to that right now, like doing that, like that pullback of just like taking time, I think right now is so radical in comparison to like the instant that this instant gratification time clock that we are all kind of currently on. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I love that. That idea so much just to pull back and really like take back control of your time He's like no this is for me and i will show you when it's ready and if it's ready 40 years from now then it's ready 40 years from yeah now. you'll get it when you when i give it to you like i love it joe 
Yeah, yo. So yeah. it's been it's been great connecting with you, yo. We definitely definitely need to see more of each other, like around these Atlanta streets, yo. Why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Uh, yeah, they can find me um in my work at Nika N N E K K A A, and I believe there's a dash after that um, on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me; I don't even know my own handle. So <laughs> um, you can also just find me on my website www and That's what's up, yo. Nika King, yo. Phenomenal artist. Make sure y'all check her out. We appreciate you coming on The Noise. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. And that's it. Another episode of Studio Noise in the Bag. Want to give a big, big shout out and congratulations to the 2020 Horizon Award winner for visual arts, Miss Nika King. Uh, doing your mural show, of course, we always hope that you keep it big. You keep it big here in Atlanta and big worldwide. Girls see big things for you in the future. We sure do appreciate you. And of course, make sure y'all go over to NBAF.org. Uh, check out all the information about the Horizon Award winners and what the NBAF is doing. Um, please give you support and we're going to support these organizations that support us, the black artists that's out here making a noise just for you. And if you like what you hear right here on the Studio Noise podcast, we got a huge archive, 100 episodes that you can go check out. Uh, you can head over to studionoisepodcast.com. But we're available wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud, all of, all that good stuff. And if you like it, why don't you go ahead and hit that subscribe button? And, you know, if you really like it, go ahead and write us one of them five star reviews. Get us pumped up in the charts. Let everybody know about the noise. And if you ever want to send us a message or, you know, catch up with us on IG. You can head over to at Studio Noise Podcast and check us out. You can shoot us an email at Studio Noise Podcast at gmail.com. You can catch up with my co-host who is, they couldn't join us for the day, but she's here in spirit. Miss Jiggy Jazz at Supreme. Don't forget that dot. And you can follow your boy, Jay Barber, at Jay Barber Studio on all your social medias. And all my artists out there, I want you to know this art grind is a rolling out of stop. Watch. It don't never stop. It never stops. You know, COVID-19 or whatever it is, you got to keep going because you know that your, your purpose as a creative being is to get in there and make that painting. You get in there, you make that mule. You make that sculpture. You make that film. Whatever you do, you get in that studio and make some noise. Make sure they hear you. It's the noise, baby. Studio noise. We'll be back with more episodes pretty soon. Make sure you check us out. It's Studio Noise, baby. Peace.